podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Sissoko finally waited. Ericsson, low, great ball into the middle. What a save by Heaton. Tonight's Davison Sanchez, Lucas Moura. And belted into the net, brilliant goal. On debut, Tungay Ondombele has scored the equaliser for Spurs. Lucas Moura clips it. Oh, great goal! Stephen Bergwijn has arrived in North London! That is absolutely incredible on debut! Oh, yay! What a finish for 3-2 from Serge Aurier! First time here to Son. Kane, good area for Spurs. And Kane's not afraid to shoot. Wow, what a goal, Harry Kane. That is exceptional. Try and place it. Wonderfully taken by Eric Lamella. Never afraid to take on a shot, and with good reason. Terry in the Burnley back line, and Son breaks forward. Oh, wow, what a run. Yemin Son from inside his own half has scored one of the best goals of his Spurs Welcome, and good evening to another... Touchline Fracker pods with New Spurs order underneath the Touchline Fracker banner. I'll be your host tonight, X-Pac, and I'll be joined by three lovely guests. First up, we've got Goldberg. How you doing, man? I'm great, man. I'm great. It's it's a good day, man. It's a good day. It's a good it's a good moment to be a Spurs fan, man. Champions League draw done. The generation next. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> DX, the generation next. <laughs> but anyway, um, yes, yeah, it's, it's a good time to be a Spurs fan, man, especially after the Champions League draw, which I'm sure we'll touch on. But yeah, I'm glad to be here, bro. And uh, Asa joins us from the West Coast. How are you doing? I'm good. Uh, long time uh, watchers. When when I've been here before, there, there's been a running joke that I, I don't know which member of the the nwo that i identify with uh after some some due consideration i went with dennis rodman because he's very infrequently part of the thing but he was there and he's yeah. the weird american who's associated so sup y'all <laughs> now we go. and we got scott hall man how you doing hey you know it's a new season started off all right you know what I'm saying it's good spirits right now and to be fair a lot of dead dead pieces are getting shifted. So, listen, I'm a happy man. Yeah, and so you should be. Uh, three games, uh, seven points so far. Unbeaten, and we obviously just come off the game against Wolves, um, who we dropped points at home to last season. They'd beaten us three times at the last four visits to the lane. Um, we had two changes to start in lineup. We had Perisic come in for Sessegnon, so he got a nice well-earned rest, and Sanchez coming in for the injured Romero. Uh, who wants to start off that first half? Boy. Oh, Charles. <laughs> it wasn't good. It wasn't good, I can't lie. Um, sitting there watching that, we, we started off We started off all right, man. First, I would say, I'd say probably like the first 15-odd minutes, we were good. Well, I say good. We were okay. We were okay. We looked as if we wanted to try and go at Wolves. Possession was shared evenly. Um, we were trying. And then I felt like from like minute 20s, 25 onwards, it was just, it felt like Wolves were, play, Wolves were the home side, honestly. Like they had us camped 
in our half, like they were beating our flimsy ass press with ease because our press was pathetic in the first half. Um, they were popping it around us with ease. Uh, they used and moved the ball much better than we did, and they had way more attempts than us. They had they finished the half with like 12 attempts, and we only had one, and our one attempt came right at the end of the first half, courtesy of a delicious Perisic cross and a good header from Harry Kane. So it wasn't it wasn't a, a good <laughs> it wasn't a good half for us. We were we were really poor. We were really poor. You you want to talk about your boy Hoisin? He was he wasn't bad. <laughs> he wasn't bad in the first half. I thought Benton Cole, if anything, I thought Benton Cole was worse. I think Benton Cole was oh, probably oh. doing he was he was in the first half. I think in the first half, I thought he had a really poor half, man. Like the things that people criticized Hoybier for in the first half, Benton Cole was doing that. He was just chasing, he was just chasing lost causes and leaving gaps in the midfield. And I felt Wolves, to their credit, tactically. Tactically, where they had the three midfielders in the middle that were all um, comfortable in possession, and I, I even say three because I think Matthias Nunes was probably playing further up, but um, their shape in the first half in possession made it very difficult for us to sort of get the ball. Uh, and yeah, like it just it just wasn't good. Like the ball, like for, even from playing out from the back as well, the passing was just so poor, man. Like Ben Davies flopping basic like ten yard passes to Perisic on that left hand side, Dyer playing hopeless diagonals to nobody. Um, Sanchez is Sanchez. We know he's not good in possession, but yeah, like it was just very careless. Emerson Royale even a couple of times he tried to dribble and just lose the ball. Like we were just so careless with the ball, and Wolves in comparison were just much better with the ball, and it made for them finishing the half the way they did. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think um, I think it was it wasn't a pleasurable first half to watch at all. It was quite poor, and I think the only thing you could say that we did well in the first half is that we, at the very least, restricted Wolves to sort of long shots or low quality chances. Like we didn't really give them um, the opportunity to create like high quality chances against us. But I guess the, the counter argument could be better attacking players, better cutting edge in their team could have probably fashioned those situations. So, and even up top as well, I felt the movement was just so, Sun was not running at all. Like, I don't know what was wrong with him that game, but bro, even tracking back and making those runs off the ball, he was just poor, man. It was just, it was just very, very poor. It was, it was a very, very out of sorts first half, even by our estimations as well. People will criticise Spurs for, oh yeah, like you, they, they don't play well. And I think, they lie because there, there are plenty of games where we actually play some good stuff. But you have to be real. In the first half against Wolves, we were just bad. Yeah, for so, sure. They, I mean, they did their thing like in the middle, like Pudence managed to tuck in. Nori ended up coming over. He was attacking a lot, pinning Kulusevski back a bit. Uh, a lot of tactical fouls from them, which they managed to get away with, which probably would have been given last season, but I guess the referees are being more lenient this year. But there was definitely a few which went uh, unpunished in particular from Neves for me. And even as bad as Sanchez actually was on the ball, uh, which he was, he ended up... uh, (laughs) Yeah, he ended up playing quite a few blind passes up the pitch. He was actually able to cover us defensively really well at times. Um so yeah, fair play. That summed up the first half for me. 
um, as well as Son not quite being himself. Sorry, Asaga. I was just going to say, like, I think that the first half was, it was a testament to the fact that when Romero's not out there, different people have to do different things. And so people were put in positions to be unsuccessful because, you know, instead of, instead of Ben Davis being able to, to play in that sort of get forward a little bit role, he had to, he had to be a little more back and, and, and Dyer had to start playing those passes that normally Romero would make, would play because Sanchez is not going to play those, um, you know, and, and also like, obviously the three versus two midfield was, was always going to be problematic with a certain um, Viking there. Uh, you know, he, he, <laughs> um, but the, 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 the point is, is that like in that first half, you know, they didn't give up any, any stupid chances. Like, for example, like there are other London sides that, you know, maybe played the ball back and, and gave up stupid goals for no reason because their, their goalie is, is bad in possession. Babs is, is Babs in the chat. I think he knows what I'm talking about, but sometimes like a goalie doesn't know what to do with the ball at their feet and they'll give up a goal and, and Spurs don't do stuff like that. So there's, there's something to be said for not making the big mistake, which under Conte doesn't seem to happen all that often. Fair play. Is there anything you would have changed with, with that in mind, with Sanchez being on that right instead of Romero, what would you have changed for the second half? So I think that that the 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 play was was obviously to in, instead of trying to to flip the ball wide um, to to Perisic, which which seemed to be the plan in the first half, um, you know, and asking Romero or asking uh, Emerson to do anything coherent, <laughs> mm. um, uh, I we'll talk, Babs. Um, uh, I think that the, the, the play, the, the the play is 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 obviously to go to to go sort of the, the play. I don't need it, Tobes. Tobes, I don't need it. Um, the, I, all right, all right, all right. I, I'm, 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 for context, yeah. you might have to explain that the story. story. So, guys, so right. in in the touchline, so we have a touchline driver chat that's normally used, meant to be used for like stuff that all the club pod should know and retweet and stuff like that. But we use it for banter, probably like, I'd say maybe a good 35, 40% of the times. And Asa decided that he would share his attempt at jollof rice and chicken. And if you see this photo, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> a mess. It looked like risotto. It looked like... <laughs> all right, all right, all right, all right. You said okay. your rice was moist. <laughs> this, was, this, was, this, was, this is what happened, all right? <laughs> <clears throat> okay, so I, I I followed it. I knew what I was doing, and I ran out of time to cook the damn tomatoes. And so it looked a lot lighter than it should have. It tasted good. <laughs> the reviews were good. The look of it was not great. Um, but you know, like at the end of the day, like you know, it was the the, the people who ate the food were happy with it. Uh, the, the result was 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 not great, but it was certainly effective. Uh, unlike uh, anything that Chelsea has done over the last uh, year and a half. Babs. I like that. Um, I like that. I like um, that. <laughs> anyway, let's, just let's just put it this way. We cooked Acer for that pick more than he cooked his J-Rice. I'll tell you I, that. I don't need that, Tobes. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. 
Not all of us did. Uh, I, I wouldn't have known what I was talking uh, about. If I tried, so. uh, it tasted delicious. I, I, I don't even care. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna... <laughs> um, so the, the the point is is that uh, is is that the I think the team like like even even when things don't go well the the lack of making the big mistake is is something that's a true credit to Conte and the way that you fix it the way that that you fix it when your midfield's getting getting having problems I can't use the word cooked anymore apparently but um, <laughs> when when you know the the midfield's struggling I think the, the the play is is that you you do that thing that that Harry Kane did last year so well, which is you just drop deep and he becomes essentially that third midfielder. Um, but the problem is, is that Sonny was not here. Uh, so, so it doesn't work when Sonny's playing the way that he was. Yeah, exactly. Um, let's see, going into that second half as well. Yeah. You had some thoughts in the midfield in the first place. Um, going off that first half, how did you want Spurs to, change it or tweak it in the uh, in the second half. I, I wanted Spurs to be complete, well more complete than Aces Jello Fresh, but you know that's for another what? day. For another... <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm gonna send all of my cooking picks from now on. The the, the chat is just gonna be Ace at cooking picks from here on in. I made a beef shank you all would have killed for twenty four dollars at the restaurant. <laughs> But with the with the second half, you see the thing is we got better in the second half. We really did. But it was one of those games where Wolves only looked good because they were shooting from far. They looked poor. They weren't great. You know, they they attacked, but you know, ultimately their attacks amounted to nothing serious. Create um, a single good opportunity, bro. Yeah, and like I can't I can't name you a single opportunity that they created that I thought was. Um, outstanding. There was one, one moment. I think it was in the first half, where at the end, yeah, right, yeah, right at the end, where it hit the back of Sanchez. That you see, listen. Let me come back to this. That's where Sanchez pisses me off. Exactly. You can see the ball in flight. You want to do donkey conduct my head, yeah, and let it hit the back of your head. Now, players one on one with our goalkeeper. Yeah. What's that about? Yeah. Like, nah, that's nonsense. But. Second half, no, we definitely improved. Hoisin had a better second half. Um, he, he doesn't get his name back. I told you, certain people don't get their name back till, till I see silverware and armpits. Um, the Mook, listen, the Mook has got two and two. And he's not played well in these last two games. He, he really hasn't. But one man that has stunk for every single minute that he's been on the pitch over the last two games is Hoiminson. Yeah? He's not my son. Yeah, like... Obviously, biologically, yeah. But are you just calling him King Min now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If he was my son, yeah, I'd be cussing him like his own father. Because some some things need to something needs to change. My thing is, he's better than this. We know he's better than this. But what I've liked over the last few games, and what I definitely liked against Wolves, is we saw it wasn't going to plan with him. We finally got the goal, and Richie came on. And you could see he was trudging off and he's like, head down, yeah, I haven't played well. But now there's that little element in our squad where it's like, listen, if after 60 minutes you're not doing your job, there's man on the bench waiting for you to come and take your place. And I think that level of fear has got us, to be honest with you, has got us through the last two games. You know, especially the Chelsea game. Coming off that game, we, we were fortunate to get a draw, but the change helped. 
And in this Wolves game, I think the fear of like, oh man, if I don't step it up in this second half, I might get subbed, led the players to play far better because that second half, I think we had it. I, I knew that once we got a goal, it I didn't feel like, oh, Wolves were going to get back into it. It just felt like one of those games where we could hold out if we needed to, and we did. Agreed. Uh, Absolutely. I think, sorry, Owen, I, I, I just want to add on to that. So the contrast in the first and the second half was staggering. The second half was more like what we've seen the last couple of months and reaffirmed to people why they shouldn't rule Spurs out so quickly. Like everyone in the first half telling me in chats, oh, Wolves should be battering you. And I'm thinking, how? Yeah, like they've played well. They've been much better than we have, but they've not created anything. And the minute... Uh, we were talking at half time, and I can't remember in a in a WhatsApp chat to my friend. My friend's overgassing the thing, saying, "Oh yeah, like oh we look horrible here." I'm like, "Bro, relax. We're clearly not playing well. All all we need is just a bit more work rate, and I promise you, this game it's not it's going to be over for Wolves. And you saw the intensity in our play from minute forty five onwards. Like as soon as we came out, already we had three four man camp in their box already. And we had, I can't even remember, we had one attempt in the first half and we finished the game with um, with 11 attempts. So that means we had 10 attempts in the second half. And out of the 10 attempts in the second half, we had like eight or nine in in their box. So when you look at, when you look at which team was applying more pressure, when you look at the quality of chances as well, when you look at XG, everything, and all of those stats, there's no way you can come out of this game and tell me that Spurs didn't deserve the result. Okay, yeah, it wasn't convincing, but we did enough to win. We did enough to win. Like, the pressing was much better. We were setting better traps for Wolves. And even when um, Bruno Large as well, he tried to, he threw everything he can to change to change the tide, and he couldn't. He tried to bring on Dendonka to try and shore up the defence, and they conceded two or three minutes later from a set piece. He tried to bring Adama to do his usual um, lube up his arms and, and, and try and run through the whole team. He got shut down. He tried to bring on Twang, got shut down. Tried to bring on Semedo on the left-hand side, got shut down. The only the only sub that actually made a little bit of an impact was, was Jimenez. And he was winning most of his aerial duels with Dyer. Fair enough, cool. But still didn't really get the, the opportunity to actually hurt us. So we did what we did. We did what we needed to do to win. And if Spurs had won that game 2-0, you wouldn't be thinking, oh, wow, Wolves have been hard done here. Because... All the chances are coming our way. Well, <laughs> <laughs> but no, I just want to um, just continue that second half tweak. I mean, Asa made a good point from the first half that like, he saw, like, obviously other players had to do different jobs because Romero wasn't in. And I saw Conte managed to tweak it in the second half. Emerson was coming infield a lot more. So he was obviously a lot more inverted, made up the numbers in the middle, as well as us uh, having a higher intensity. And um, essentially now Gianni Vio's um, earning his bread now. Right, so yeah. a lot of people were saying, I mean, the pundits were saying that uh, Sun's corner was poor. No, it was he deliberate. Actually, it was actually his only good action of the game. It was, it was yeah. very, very deliberate. No? So so the thing is, I did a little bit more digging into Paul's. Whoa, whoa, big man, where are you going with that line? I, I did a little bit more investigating into... No, you whole... digging up, bro. Yeah, 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 big man. We gotta reel it back, reel it back in, bro. So, um, yeah, at first I thought he was a set piece coach for both offensive and defensive plays. 
turns out it's just offensive, which kind of mm. makes sense because defensively, I don't think we're, I think we're better than last season, but I don't think we're too trustworthy from set pieces. Um, but offensively, I, I, listen, especially while being in the stadium, I'm seeing a hella movement in that box. Like we are causing teams, granted it's only been two teams so far, well, three teams if you can um, include Southampton, but we are causing teams problems with our set pieces which is not something we are renowned for at all. We're not that kind of club. If we can keep this up and add 10, 15 goals in just the Premier League alone from set pieces, that's a lot of goals that could lead to wins. You know, right. again, I think what last season, I can't remember, other than the North London derby, I honestly cannot remember a set piece goal or a goal from a corner. Uh, I, and I know there was probably like two or three, but I can't remember one. And yet this season we've got two. Watford and Arsenal off the top of my head last season. Yeah, Watford. Watford, yep. Watford was the uh, Davison Sanchez goal, right? Yeah. yeah. The one yeah. where he just stood like this. What an idiot. What an there... absolute idiot. Andy's saying in the comments, Leicester at home? Yeah, I was going to... Oh, yeah, I, yeah, I seem to remember one against Leicester. But these, yeah, Harry, you see yeah. what I mean? like how few and far between. Well, like we're struggling. Like right. uh, all of us yeah, are doing. It's, not, it's, yeah, it's not, not. We don't do it. We don't. We don't do it at a high enough clip that um, we can just remember. We can just remember all the goals. And so far, we've played three games this season. We've got two two goals from set pieces, and one of them was a guaranteed winner. So, you know, long may it continue. I'm I'm very happy with the set piece coach. It's good. I think it's good to have. I mean, it doesn't hurt anything to have another a, a guy who's devoted to a single part of the game that is so different than than open play, and it's yeah. so essential. Like, it, it, there's no reason not to do it, um, and you can already see it paying dividends. Um, you know, whether whether and people people are saying like, oh, Sonny, it got lucky, blah blah blah. You make your own luck, right? People people were prepared for the action, um, which is which is what happens when you have a coach who's devoted to this. I, I sorry, I need to address something that I've just seen in the comments. Uh, Andy Land, um, I'll, I'll read out the comment. Says, I wasn't even going to give this energy, but I think I know what I, you're talking about. Am I the only Spurs fan? Yes, the hell? to go down to the U. Hey, 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 Andy, listen, welcome, Andy. By the way, listen. Andy, <laughs> this is Yao. <laughs> Andy. Let me let me tell you this now. I haven't done this in a long while. Because I've been a happy man, yeah. But you are one comment away from making your way to the top of the stairs, and everybody knows exactly what that means. You don't want to be coming down here because you'd be kicked out of the stadium. Never make a comment like this in your life again. Yeah, <laughs> we're in the Champions League, it's where we want to be. We want to be where the big boys play. That's why we're there in the soul. That's why we are too sweet for life. Okay, never do that again. What is Andy talking about? Drop that just to face Arsenal. Listen, if they can't compete with us to get into the big teams, the big leagues, that's on them. All right? I couldn't give a flying crap about those red and white wearing fools on the other side of North London. Really and truly, they should be from South London because they're from Woolwich. But that's for another day and another story. I mean, I just don't know why we're discussing a club that's not playing serious 
European football. Like, what? Why, why are we talking about small clubs? Because Andy came with that comment <laughs> out of nowhere. Furthermore, furthermore, they've never won a European trophy. So that's the history of the Arsenal, hmm. I guess. But moving on. Interesting. Uh, yeah, I know, right? Um, what was I even going to say? Yeah, moving on. Um, obviously, we do have the the Champions League draw after that unconvincing win. I only say um, I feel it is after that Wolves win anyway because I know Tobes was saying it was unconvincing and yeah, to a point it was, but we've still got gears to go through. Right? We've still got Longley who can still contribute from the back in progressing play. We've still got Basuma who's arguably our best midfielder still to start for us. So yeah, we still got gears to go through yet, as well as our two strikers actually hitting any kind of form. Um, but yeah, onto the Champions League group draw. Obviously, uh, Uncle Yaya niced us today. Um, I wouldn't say it's an easy group, but um, yeah, what were your guys' initial thoughts on it? We obviously we drew uh, Frankfurt as the number one seed, uh, Marseille, and Sporting Lisbon. It's not an easy group, but it's a favourable group. Like. If you, it's a favourable group across many fronts, right? It, we're playing against sides that um, will still give Spurs a game, and away from home, especially, um, you wouldn't be shocked if Spurs lost uh, one of these games. I would say, but it's also opposition that you can see Spurs getting enough points from to top the group or at the very least go through. And I think that's the right sweet spot we want, right? We don't want teams where we know that like we're facing a real uphill struggle. And then I think the bonus, the added, the the the, the value add here is the teams that um, have really, really good away atmospheres. So you've literally ticked like three boxes there. And when you compare it to the groups that we've had before, um, excluding our first group under Poch, We've always had giants in our groups. We've always had giants in our groups. Under Harry Redknapp, we had Inter Milan, who had just won the Champions League. Um, in the 17-18 season, we had Real Madrid and Dortmund. 18-19 at Barcelona and Inter Milan. So this will be the first time, as I said, since Pochettino's first year in the Champions League, where we've actually ha- had a group where, when you look at it, we're probably the strongest side there on paper. No, no, you're being you're being too soft. Yeah. yeah. I don't I don't understand why you're being diplomatic. Listen, we should be topping that group. Yeah. Granted, the away games are not going to be easy, but we should be topping that group. But here's the problem. Here's the big problem with all of it. We've been here before. Tom said it correctly. We've been here before. Poch's first season in the Champions League. I think if I'm correct, we got Monaco, Leverkusen, and CSK uh Moscow. And we finished third. We stunk. We went out straight into the Europa League and got knocked out by Genk in the following round. It was horrendous. Now, this time around, I think we should be far more better equipped. We should be able to deal with these teams away. But listen, the problem with Spurs is we could easily win all three of our home games and lose all three of our away games notoriously we, we we can be like that in Europe or we could punch up every single team in this group comfortably home and away like we we actually have the team to do that the problem is is whether we will do that that's that's where the issue is whether we will be capable of beating say Frankfurt home and away Frankfurt away is going to be tough 
you know, whether we have the capability of sport. I don't think Sporting Lisbon should be a, a tough away game. They're good, but I don't think they're, they're defensively that good. Um, I think the dark horse in this group, for me, would be... It's, it's actually Marseille. Marseille. Yeah. I, I don't know why. I, like, I'm not saying, like, Marseille are particularly good, but I just feel like a team like Marseille in, in Europe, they, they, it, they probably will take it extremely serious than they would the, the league because they know it's PSG and PSG's only. So they'll probably go all out and their fans are going to be raucous. So that that could be the, the real tough one, you know, going away to, P, um, to Marseille and trying to get three points there. But like I said, the group is very favourable in our hands. Like if we don't top this group, it, that's our fault. You just have to hold your hands up. There's, there would be no, oh, no, we didn't play well. No, nah, it's, it's our fault. We should top this group. I mean, I, I think this is this is one of those things where it's like, are you a serious club or are you not a serious club? And if Spurs are a serious club, they top this group. And look, like I'm, I'm not, you know, no disrespect to, to Lisbon or Marseille or, or Frankfurt, but, you know, there's there's tears to this. And and these teams are not where we want our club to be. Now, if our club is our club at that level, I guess we'll find out. But there's nobody there's nobody on on Marseille. There's nobody on Frankfurt and there's nobody on on Lisbon who. Who, who, who troubles me, right? They've got good players. They've got, they've got players who, who, who can be a problem, but this isn't, this isn't a situation where Spurs are going somewhere and they're saying, oh, well, chalk that up three points. You know, Marseille is a tough place to play. Go out and win. Be the team that we know you can be. You know, there's no, no, no excuses. No, oh, well, we've got three, you know, two games a week. Blah, blah, blah. I don't care. Go out, Facts. do the job. I agree. And that's what it is. You know, I agree. like there's, there's, there's just, there's just, you know, excuses are, are not where we're at anymore. Have they done the draw for um what's away and what's at home? Because I didn't. Not yet. No, not yet. Um, I think we'll know latest tomorrow, I think. Uh, but I agree with Asa, man. Like it's, it's a favorable time. And if you had the opportunity, if you, if you were told that you were going to get this group, from the jump before the draw was made, you'd say yes. I'll take this all day long. I'll well, take this all day long. So it's it's one of them ones where it's like, yeah, like go out and top the group. I think I'm looking at it now, and I think it will be disappointing if we don't top the group. Yes, it, it will. It will be disappointing mm-hmm. if we don't top the group, and it will be catastrophic if we don't qualify. Simple. Hey, if we don't qualify, I'm, I'm cancelling my, my season ticket halfway through the season. I'm done. I'm done. I'm, listen, I'm not... I'm not that you thing know, that happened with Poch in the season we finished second, that was disgrace. That was that was not on. I was furious. That was at, that was at Wembley, wasn't it? Yep, that was at Wembley. And then we went out to Ghent or yeah. Genk and flipping Europa. Literally the oh, following You know what annoyed me about that season, yeah? That was the first season that I saw... Um, like I proper got to watch Bernardo Silva because he was at Monaco at them times. Hmm. Ooh, he cooked us. He cooked us good. He beat us up. Like, hey, seriously, when I was in the stadium for that game, I listen at fifty-five minutes. I was contemplating just drinking my Fanta and leaving. I was gonna walk home <laughs> from Wembley, bro. Like that's a long walk. I was gonna bop home because we were getting punched up. Hey, listen, we've got a favorable group. Seriously, like when we saw the pot. And everything. Listen, Uncle Yaya, with his <laughs> hilarious pronunciation, Napoli. I love. It. 
Yeah, that guy was he was saying names wild, bro. He's a tatty ham. Yeah, listen, <laughs> we have to make it out of this group top. If possible, maximum points would be great because I don't want to get none of the, the supreme big boys in the last 16. I want to go as far as possible. You know what I'm saying? Build some confidence and see if we can go. See if we can go all the way. I mean, my my big thing here is is that I want I want these last two games, you know, match day five, match day six. Like I want I want that to be kids. I don't want it to matter. I want I want this 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 settled early so that you know you're you're not having Harry Kane going ninety in a in a must win game six. Like that's I don't I don't want that stuff. I want to yeah, take care of go. business at the outset. Yeah, yeah, I I fully agree. Me, me personally, if we can get to like, yeah, game week, game week five, even we get to game week five, we've qualified, we can bring in some play. Listen, we could we could do a madness where we could be like, all right, cool, Richarlison, freaking, I don't know, Lucas, Kulu. <laughs> I, I don't know who that guy that you just mentioned. That guy can't be. <laughs> even if even if we've qualified, he can't be started. But that man can be, you know, they can get a quick run out, and hopefully we get the job done quickly because. Mm. This is gonna be a long season. People think we got we it got the World Cup in Christmas. Yeah, the games are even more congested. Normally, you get a two week break. Yeah, in, in between each um, match day for Champions League, week in week out, it's one after the other. Then you get a two week break. Then one after the other. Then two week break. Is so there's no rest for the wicked. We gotta get it done, man. Trust. Yeah, for sure. Um, obviously, there's. I uh, just realised that Marseille. I mean, we have to crash it on Marseille. I didn't realise they had so many ex Arsenal players. Mate, that went wanker. Tavares, Gendouzi, Sanchez. I to yank his stupid sideshow Bob wig, man. Just yank it, man. The prick. <laughs> well, we've got a player who can do that. So yeah, that's Hate uh, Hate it's doable. It's doable. Are any of us worried about Conte's uh, record in Europe? No, it's a bit, it's a no. bit up and down. You see, the thing is. People say they're worried about it, but I don't think Conte's record in Europe is that like that much of a stinker compared to many other managers in there. Like, how long has Conte been managing for? What, fifteen years? Ten years? I don't, I don't know what the exact tenure is, but like, if we're talking, big, yeah, we call it a while. But if we're talking like big clubs, he's probably been doing it for about ten, maybe fifteen years or so. Like with the really big clubs, probably, probably in between that bracket. And I seem to remember, you know, Champions League runs under Wenger, under Ferguson, that, that were just absolutely horrible, horrendous. European runs that were, they, they, they didn't make it out of the group stages. So, listen, Conte has managed to take Inter to the Europa League final with his supposed horrible European record. He's taken Chelsea out of the group stages, if I'm correct. Um, granted, he did a take Spurs out of the Conference League group. <laughs> but uh COVID COVID messed that part up. And you know, that's that's life, isn't it? But I think honestly, I think this group can can expel a lot of that nonsense about Conte not having a good European record. At the very least we should make it to the last sixteen. At the very least. In probably even the quarters to be I fair. think quarters. I think I think if we're talking about what is a, a successful Champions League run here, I mean, I think quarters. I, I think yeah, you yeah. win the group. I think you play, you know, whatever, whatever team you know who's going to be on your level. Um, you know, I don't know. Maybe we get lucky and like Celtic goes through or something. Um, but but something like that. You know, see what happens. 
but I think quarterfinals. If, if if I'm talking about what is a successful run, it's quarterfinals. Yeah. Very yeah. doable. Very doable. All right, moving on, I guess, to the exciting, uh, more exciting part now, I guess. Um, we've only got a week left until the transfer window ends. Um, we're quite active by the looks of it, especially with outgoings. Uh, Zaspers TV saying we need two more signings. He thinks we'll get another attacker and a centre-back, but yeah, what are we thinking going into it? Obviously, we've been linked heavily with Malianovsky. We've got players leaving on loan left, right and centre, but what are your expectations for the end of the window? R.I.P. Tangi. Well, yeah. I I'll mean, he's you. already confirmed. Gone, he's he's going to crush it at Napoli. He's going to crash he's, it at Liverpool he's, as well. Yeah. He's, gonna, he's definitely going to crash it at Napoli. I, I, I can feel it, man. Um, but second of all, I think he, he was R.I.P. back in January, to be honest. Um, True. He's not really been a part of this team for months. But I think with... Uh, oh, yeah. With the players, the player situation, I'm expecting at least one more player to come in through the door. Really and truly, I think we're going to sign two, but I'm expecting at least one. And I'm hopeful that the player that we do sign is someone who can actually make an impact on this team. I mean, like, proper impact. Like, if it's a centre-back, it needs to be a centre-back that we can feel walks into this team and starts. If it's an attacker, it has to be an attacker that can provide the ample sort of competition um, and level that we need. So when they come into the team, there's not that much of a drop in quality. Fair enough. Did you have any names in mind for centre-backs or defenders? I didn't, to be honest. Um, all the names are just speculative. You know who I want at centre-back, but we we ain't going to get him this summer. Um, so I'd have to settle for an alternative. I don't know. I think maybe... That um, that fella from Frankfurt, coincidentally, um, <laughs> in Dicker, yeah, <laughs> coincidentally, oh, at left, yeah. left centre back, that would that looks like that could potentially be a, a decent option. Yeah, I'd say that. I'd say that. I think he's only got like a year or two left of his contract as well, so he could sign him for a decent fee and then potentially sell him on if we look to replace with uh, our ideal golden goose, Bastoni. Um, so I suppose that's TV what, thing get here for 50 million. Uh, that's, Asa, that's who you're writing up. Uh, so that's that's I want that for, for multiple reasons, not only because I think I think he's good and I think that he he would provide a significant amount of um a, a significant upgrade to Sanchez, which is what we're talking about. We're talking about our, our fourth center back here. Um, and I, I think that he he is not someone who 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 steps in and starts, but he he puts pressure on Dyer, he puts pressure on Romero, he puts pressure on on, on Davis. Um, and also, like as a separate point, um, he's currently starting in front of an American at Palace, and that's you know, that's that's a, a secondary interest for my purposes. Um, but I, I think that that the the more interesting thing is is not really at it, it's the attacker, because clearly we have one we have one bench attacker who who we trust, um, and and you need another. And I th- I think the that the the I, I, I'm, I'm going to butcher his name, Malinowski. Is that is that how you pronounce that it? Sounds right. Yeah, Malinowski. Um, I think I think that the that the the book seems to be that he comes in when when Hill goes out, um, and that upgrade right there makes this team significantly more dangerous and significant significantly deeper because Hill is not usable depth, right? Like depth only matters if you can use it, 
And Brian Hill, I mean, he can't play in the Premier League apparently. Um, and and like for the future, for the future, maybe cool, great. But the kid, the kid is not holding up clearly. And so you know, I, I would send him to Germany so that he can get on one of those you know supplement programs, uh, vitamin programs. You know, get get. I think get they're calling arms. him Bundesliga tax programs out there. <laughs> Whatever it is that that, that happens happens over in Germany, where suddenly very thin players become not so thin anymore. Um, you know, whatever he needs to do to get to the size necessary, but he's, he needs, he's too small. He needs he's that Goretzka, that Goretzka, yeah. Goretzka pack, man. That's what he needs. That Alfonso Davies going from a, a very very small uh, yeah, winger yeah. to a very large left back. Yeah, no doubt, whatever no that is, needs that. Um, but but he's not usable depth, you know. Uh, Yao's favorite favorite Brazilian is not usable depth up front. So you're talking about Richarlison and prayers, and that's not good enough. Like you do need that that five for three. Um, so that's that's my interest. And also, if Harry Winks could find literally anywhere to go, that'd be great. <laughs> literally, literally anywhere. Oh, uh, <laughs> Liverpool we, apparently have some need. <laughs> I think we need another midfielder. Personally, I think we need another midfielder, but I do get your point though. Um, I never really thought the right wing depth was was like imperative, but uh, anything to make sure that I don't see Lucas Mora touch this pitch at right wing, I'm all for it, man. And I do think we need to be mindful of how important Kulisevsky is to this team, as we've seen in the first start of this season. Like he's incredible like he's so good and when he doesn't play I think we are we're already at a stage now where we're like okay this guy's a baller and there will be a quality drop but we don't want it to be as drastic as as Luca more uh, Luca Lucas Mora man yeah it's 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 not good enough Mora Mora as right wing back because Conte is a wizard great cool maybe it works maybe it doesn't but he he's not that guy up front um and and you need five for three up there for sure. Um, special mention to Kulizewski as well. Obviously, I think he was my man in the match against Wolves. And yeah, he is crucial. Um, if Hill leaves, I think we, we need a replacement. Uh, uh, Yao, you're you're smiling. I was so nicely there. Because you're, you're, I guess, the good guy, the nice guy. Uh, what are your thoughts on um, what are your expectations of the window? I actually don't think we're going to sign anybody. Now, wait. Hear me out. Obviously, there's three players that are going now, but I think it's going to be very difficult for us to negotiate three players coming in. Maybe there might be, you know, one and two loans. Uh, so we might be lucky in that side of things. Uh, if not, then for me, I've said it every single time we get to a transfer window, I keep saying it. Money, blood, fire talks. Yeah. I don't want to hear about waiting till next summer and all this kind of like go and spend 60 million and get bastoni please yeah that's one then look at your pockets and say hmm, what can we scrimp together yeah if you can scrimp around 40 to 50 million i reckon you could get maybe two attackers on loan yeah quick things hella club boom we'll take them on loan maybe one of them be an obligation to buy and make it happen but we do need we do need free players if those three definitively go out i've seen people say max killerman 
Um, yeah, it's. I mean, it doesn't doesn't really move the new Kilman Kilimanjaro. Same thing. Yeah, it doesn't move the the needle for me. But you know, he is a decent player. Um, but all in all, we have brought in seven players. Um, if I'm right, two of which you'd probably see as prospects moving forward in Spence and uh, Destiny's Child. And then the other four, one of them is more like a backup goalkeeper. The other three are very good, very good bolstering pieces to the squad in Richarlison, uh, Basuma, you know, Yisen Basuma and uh, Perry Perisic. Like, for me... You add one more top player to that list and get one more on loan, it's been a solid window. Because mm-hmm. we managed to get rid of, like, Stinko. You know, Bamadeli's still not talking to his father. That's why he's ended up in, in Turkey. <laughs> you know, if there's one thing I don't want to see, though, I definitely do not want to see Toby's estranged brother in a Dharma Traore. I don't want to see baby oil <laughs> and look at my veins. FC. Don't, I don't, don't want to see it. Don't relate me to that guy, man. Please. Hey, hey, you two, both of you do this. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> look at my veins. I mean, that's cool veins. Traore is great because he he's like uh he's 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 uh like the Premier League's best NFL player. That dude's a running back. He's not a soccer player. <laughs> I mean, football really player, whatever. It really is. It can <laughs> run through people. I, like I said, I think we got to go. We've definitely got to go big on on one target at least. Um, ideally, it would be for me personally. It has to be Bassoni, and I say that because defensively, I think Davis has done a good job. Honestly, he actually has done a good job, even though I I don't rate him as a player, but he's done a good job. Uh, but I don't like the fact that we're going deep into a season. With Dyer Davis as the main top three, you know, of our like, yeah, Romero comes in and it makes it a decent defense. But could you imagine Bastoni in there? It'll just be another level. Um, I know some people would say it's unrealistic, but Inter Milan, like Barcelona, have no peace, they have to sell. So, whether they sell this summer or they sell in, in January, he is going like they're gonna like, don't be fooled in a season from now they lose like four or five players. Same with Barcelona. Like, they have to sell. They do, but he doesn't... The thing with Bastoni, that's 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 actually... Like, I deeped it yesterday and it's, it's sad, is that right now, it doesn't look like they want to sell him. And second of all, he doesn't want to join us. He doesn't want so, to join us because he's... We're a sort of hoping, bread. He, he wants we're sort of hoping that, like, if he does become available, teams better than us don't come in one and second of all we put the money down quickly put the money down quickly and give them no choice but to sell them to us that's the only way we're gonna have to kidnap him you you know you know how Bastoni comes yeah it's either it's either you give him super bread which we're not gonna do or or yeah you go on a title charge yeah you go on a title charge heads turn heads turn but that can't happen unless you know certain man do their thing my my thing is I know people are talking about what's it, Gehi, uh, Hehi, or Hernandez, whatever you want to pronounce his name from Crystal Palace. Hey, yeah. Look, I think he's decent. 
Yeah, but listen, this is going to sound so rude. He doesn't move the needle for me in any way, shape or form. In any way, shape or form. Like, he, if, even if he comes in as our fourth choice centre-back, him starting, I'm not going to be there and be like, yeah, I feel confident with him starting. Like, I'm I'm just not. Yeah, he, he doesn't strike me as a defender that I should be comfortable with. Right, I, I, I feel more comfortable with um, Kilimanjaro than I would with him. But I, I feel like they're similar, you know. Like, I feel like I look at them, I, I think I remember discussing this with Tops. I think they're both good centre backs. They, I feel like uh, Gay, I feel like he's the better defender. And I feel like Kilman is the better sort of ball carrier. I feel like he's a bit more assured in possession. Um, I, you know what? If Spurs were to sign both of them, I actually wouldn't complain. But I do get where you're coming from in the sense that. They're not needle movers for Spurs. When you spend that dough, like you're thinking, yeah, like it has to be like prime time. Like you have to be better than the rest. And Gay, sorry, I don't think that's the case for him. And I don't think that's the case for Kilman. So whilst whilst our whilst the likes of Dyer and Davies may not be, may not have the same rep that these guys have and may not have done it at their clubs, right now for our current system. They're defending consistently well for the most part. So whoever comes in has to be a significant upgrade on the two. Yeah, I agree. I mean, and- I, I would say it's it's just it's just a, a depth thing. Gehi or or Kilman, I like they, they're just it's it's not a question of are they better than Dyer or Davies. It's a better it's a question if they're better than Sanchez. Um and and the problem is is that Sanchez is is our floor right now. And if he's your floor when any of those three go out, like I don't know. I don't. I don't love that as seen. Eg, last game. Um, I also want to point out that Skippy coming back is almost like a transfer in because we haven't seen him in a year or whatever. Hey, not. <laughs> yeah, like, no. Skip, Skip coming back is important. Like it's really important. Like we like we need we four. Need we need we listen. Skip coming back here. Yeah. I know a lot of other fans don't really rate this guy, but when last season when he was fit and in the squad. I felt more comfortable. I felt more assured in what we could do, especially under Conte. Like, mm-hmm. obviously he got injured and you could tell Conte was frustrated because what Skip offers is a kind of a, an assurance to the back line because he, he's he's a DM. Yeah, he sits, mops up, passes on. Now, the problem we have is we're playing Hoisin and Ben 10. And what happens is the, the one that moves or the one that stays it alters so much in a game that you can have a moment where both of them go and there's space for the opponents to get into. Whereas Skip wouldn't do that. Skip will always allow his counterpart to go and do the pressing and he will do a little bit of cleaning up. I'm telling you, when Skip comes back into this full team, like proper fully fit and he's like proper integrated, I've got a feeling he's going to be one of the mainstays in this uh, Conte team. And then it'll be him and whoever uh, partnering him in the in the two, unless Conte decides to go to a three-five-two. But we do need, like, looking at the team, we definitely need at least two more signings before this window shuts, um, for depth reasons, purely. Agreed, agreed, and especially with Regulong obviously going, um, Tanganga leaving looks just like it. It kind of points to us leaning towards a homegrown option at centre back. Like I like Gehi a lot, to be fair. He's good. But I, like I wouldn't. Him. I don't think kind of right centre back or left centre back is uh 
a massive priority as much as I guess centre centre back. I much prefer when I when I see Palace defenders like I much prefer uh, Anderson in that in that role for us. Like if he was to come in and challenge Dyer at centre centre back, I, I mean I have a soft spot for someone who's got a spray on him as well as being good in his defensive yeah. end as well. Same. Which uh, what kind of line is that? Has. Somebody's got a spray on them. What's going on here? Spray <laughs> I mean, what he did to Nunez was really funny. I'll, I'll give yeah. Anderson a lot of a lot of props for that. That was that was just shithousery of the highest level, and I I appreciate it's that fun. a lot. It's I think draw. if there's one thing I want to say about Spurs this season is that we we do seem to be a bit more dirtier than we've ever been in previous seasons, and I, I, I applaud it. You know, I'm all here for the hair pulling, um, the slapping of the opponent's backhead. I'm it's here for. It. They don't call it. Listen, listen. Man pulled another man's hair in the vicinity of the referee. The referee looked and said, "You know what, Charlie? I don't even like Chelsea. Play on, yeah." And that was that was such a beautiful moment because we've suffered. We've suffered as Spurs fans and watched our team have our hair pulled by Chelsea bare times, and they go on to score a winner. Hasselbank and Fasio's over there, yeah. But now the damage has been done to them, and then the following week they went on to lose to Leeds. Beautiful stuff. I mean, amazing, amazing. Right, back people, you know, football is here <laughs> live. Ah, oh, man, do you guys remember when 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 Chelsea lost three 0 to Leeds? Oh yeah, that it was, was awesome. Beautiful. It wasn't bad. It wasn't bad, but yeah. Um, this is just somewhere in the transfer window as well. Conte did obviously say if we lose players, then we're going to have to replace them. So I fully expect us to sign. At least one, but maybe and uh, probably two, especially if Tanganga goes. Ideally, um, Tanganga has to go. By the way, yeah, fair enough. And it's got to that time um, where we had to bid farewell to Goldberg because he's going to be attending the Big Six shortly. So thank you for for coming on, my man. And uh, your veins. over there, bro. After the, the oil and the veins. Relax, relax, tranquilo. Baby, oh, baby. (laughs) But listen, guys, I need to do it anyway, but this has been good chat. And uh, of course, I'll be listening to the last bit of this pod when it's out. Safe. Peace. Bless. Peace, man. (laughs) And with that, uh, with that said, let's, let's preview the Forest game. Um, Romero's apparently put himself back into contention. Um, I think Skip might be back in trading. I guess it might be a bit too early for him anyway. But yeah, how would you um how would you line up for that game, Asa? So uh I want to say first things first. Um uh the fact that that Nottingham Forest have, have brought in what is it like 120 million pounds in net spend and aren't are still not About very 30 good. Players as well. <laughs> like like I still look at that squad and I'm like, meh. Um, but but if Romero's good, then then I guess uh, I don't really want to have a right wing back, but but I guess it's Emerson. Um, and then you got Romero, Dyer, Davies, um, Perisic, because there's no reason not to go full bore. Um, I'm ready for Basuma. I'm ready for Basuma to 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 come into the to the to the squad. I want Basuma and 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 Ben Ten, and then your three across the top is the three across the top with the caveat that if Sun no shows again. If he no shows again, then I, th- I think it's time to ha- start having the conversation that nobody wants to have. I'm not ready for it, 
I don't want to have that conversation but now. Loads of people are having it already. So I don't want to have it yet. I don't want to have it yet. I, I'm 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 a, I'm a deep d- believer in my man Sonny. But if he no shows again, then then it's time to 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 have that conversation where maybe maybe he's not a locked in starter. That's but fair. Uh, who yet. does Basuma replace in the midfield? By the way, Hoybier, obviously. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I like, look, like Hoybier is, 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 he's good enough as your fourth center mid. Like if he's our fourth center mid behind Skippy and, and Basuma and, and Benton, like I'm cool with that. But if he's a locked in starter, I'm um, less happy. Um, I, I, th- I think that he's, I think that he's, he's just not a great fit with Benton. Like both of them like to get forward. Like, like I was saying, like it's, and he's not a great holding midfielder as far as I'm concerned. Um, so it's just it's just an awkward fit. He's a much better fit with Skippy, um, but Skippy's not here. So I, th- I think it's Basuma and, and Benton. Yeah, I think so as well. Um, for me as well, like I I wouldn't be averse to seeing Basuma in. Um, Size so in the comments, he'll probably come in for Benton Kerr. Um, I'm not sure if that's uh, what I would do personally, but I think just based on what Conte was doing in preseason, he was playing Basuma in that Bentanker role. So, yeah, it's uh, it's it will be interesting to see um, if he starts, if he gets minutes, whatever. I want to see Spence at least in the squad as well. Like this is a guy who obviously he used to play for this team. He's familiar with that level. Of, of of players, even though they've pretty much changed the whole team, they're still more or less like a championship team. Uh, so if he's there as an option off the bench, even if we're like winning 2 3 0 with the 70, 75th, 70th minute, then give him some minutes, get him some proper game time. Uh, Conte obsession with uh, Pierre Mirovic <laughs> is as bad as Owens for Ari Stinks. Uh, well, yeah, rest in peace, Harry Winks. Um, I think it's his name. <laughs> uh, just to say it properly. I just want the eight to be freed up. Like it's just it's such a pretty number. And it's yeah, so there's the Yve Saint Basuma. Um <laughs> <laughs> almost forgot about that Instagram post. Basuma's a nasty guy for that. Um, <laughs> so he's uh, gonna have that eight freed up soon. Um but yeah, he's he's arguably our best midfielder. Um score prediction from you quickly, Asa, and then I'll get um uh, Scott Hall's prediction as well. I think three nothing. Um, I, I think I think that there will be I think that there will be an early goal. Um, you know, and then from there, I I don't I don't think Forrest have the quality to to really break anything down. Um, you know, Lingard is is fine. You know, he's he's a, he's a solid player. I'm, I'm nothing nothing against him, but this is this is not a serious team. You thought he and, was American, didn't it? I did not. I, I, we, we, we thought he was coming here, but yeah. uh, you know, yeah. Gareth Bale aside, um, you know, MLS is not that league quite yet. Um, we'll see. Um, but, but I think, I think three, I think three. And if we could get Spence on the field, great. You know, I, I would love to, I would love to do that, but um, you know, three, three is, is sort of my expectation here. But yeah, again, like if uh, some manages to stink it out and not contribute to this three, then yeah, Richarlison could be local against us. Uh, Fulham will be our game after Forest, and Fulham just lost to my local team, Crawley Town. So yeah, if Richard or Son can't perform against them, then 
And Ful- oh, Fulham yes. have that have have another have a meeting with the other North London team this weekend. So you know, yeah, good friendly Fulham. Yeah. Nice. So yeah, uh, what are your thoughts going into the Forest game? Any changes to lineup? Um, I think Romero should be fit to come back in, and I think that will be the only change. Um, I don't see anything else being changed. I would have liked to see Richarlison start this game uh, to kind of send out a message, but um, I think Son will get one more chance, um, and maybe if he has a stinker, then he'll lose his spot to uh, Richie for the Fulham game, but there's a possibility that he might not have a stinker. Um, So I don't think there's going to be much of a change, just Romero coming in, uh, slot back into his position. And as for the scores... None forests are going to be up for it. Like this is this is this ties. This is heritage. This is this is English heritage football. Nottingham Forest versus Spurs. That is heritage. Their fans are going to be raucous. I think if we could get an early goal, it could be two 0 I don't. I don't think we're going to run away with it. Honestly, I don't. I'll be surprised if we do. Um, I think it'll be a tight game. I think it'll be a game where you we have to we have to take our chances to keep the crowd out of it. Because similar to like going up north to Newcastle, if we let the crowd get in top, it's going to be it's gonna be absolutely long for us. So I'm, I'm going to go over 2-0. Nice, man. Yeah, I think I'm going to echo that. Um, I think we'll point, we might even concede against them as well. You know, I think they'll be lifted by the signing of Gibbs White as, as well as their like 45, 50 other signings. Um, yeah, the crowd, like you say, yeah, they're going to be up for it. I'm thinking a two-one win for Spurs, and we'll edge it. I think, uh, I think Kane will probably grab them both as well. But yeah, that said, um, that pretty much wraps it up. Um, thank you to Scott Hall and Asa as well as Goldberg for for joining us tonight. Sorry, the worm. I'll get you by your NSO name. Um, <laughs> thank you to all of you in the comments as well. It's been incredibly lively we've got the nso representing in there through tops and sai yg yes there throughout zaspers tv shouts to you um be sure to see us uh next week in our stream and uh for the audio which is out every saturday morning but again as for tonight uh we are out peace Debut, Tungay Ondombele has scored the equaliser for Spurs. Lucas Moura clips it. A great goal! Stephen Bergwijn has arrived in North London. That is absolutely incredible on debut. Oh, yay! Sports Social Podcast Network.